Again, thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited about doing this with you again. Um, this is real new for me. I know it's new for everybody else that's gathered with us again today. Uh, we did this last week, and um, we watched God do a lot of great things online as we gathered at New Grace. Uh, last week, we talked about our lives and the world just kind of being shut down and what God does during times like that. And, you know, it's really important, and, and this is something that's been kind of a, a challenge because it's, it's easy to preach a sermon or a message that you know your church needs. Um, but it's, it's really special when you feel like you get a hold of something that you're confident everyone needs, that the whole world needs. And um, that's kind of the same vibe I want to do this week. And I want to share something with you. And I think as soon as I tell you where we're going in God's Word today, I, I'm pretty confident majority of our audience and those gathering with us today are going to be familiar with the story. Uh, it's in Genesis chapter 7, and it really jumps right in the middle of probably the most uh, familiar children's storybook uh, Bible story that you can talk about in regards to Noah and the ark. And uh, in case you're not familiar with the story, basically God's looked upon the earth, and the Bible says in Genesis 6 that all the hearts of man are thinking and doing evil continually. And so God's sending his judgment upon planet Earth, and he's going to reset humanity. And in doing so, he finds a guy named Noah. And in fact, the Bible even says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so what God does is he lets Noah and his family in on his plan. Look, I'm going to send rain upon the earth. I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to destroy humanity. And I'm going to use you to preserve humanity and reset my plan with mankind. And so he tells Noah to build an ark, a monstrosity of a boat. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in the middle of Genesis chapter 7, in the very middle of this story, where now the ark has been built and God tells him and his family to board this vessel. Ch check this out. Genesis chapter 7, verse number 13. The Bible says this, In the selfsame day, entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. Now listen to this. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. Now I want you to, if you're writing your Bible, underline this, highlight it, just let God archive this in your mind. Let's pay some attention right here to this last phrase. And the Lord shut him in. And the Lord shut him in. Now can you imagine what this must have been like for Noah and his family. You have been working on this construction project of a boat for 120 years. The time has finally come. You've driven the last nail. You have fastened the last latch. And now God tells you, all right, it's time to get this show on the road. And everything God said that he was going to do is now happening. It's about to rain. The storm clouds are gathered. All of the animals, 
are boarding the ark. And, and I can see this in my mind as his family is hurriedly getting all of the animals, seven of every clean animal, two of every unclean animal, on board this vessel. And as the last sloth climbs up into the door frame and God speaks, it's time. The family gets on board and the Bible says that God shut the door. And when God shuts this door, he shuts a door that nothing from the outside of this ark can open and nothing from the inside of this ark can open until God is ready for it to open. He literally shut Noah and his family in. And I think just like there are seasons where God allows things to get shut down, I think there are also times in our life where God uses seasons for us to be shut in. And that's what we see happening in this story. And I believe that's where many of us are at right now. We're shut in. Many of us are shut in literally. Like we are shut into our houses to a degree for the most part. We're shut in and uh, everybody's in the house. We're homeschooling all the kids. We're eating everything in the fridge and the pantry. Uh, we're all eating up the Wi-Fi. We're literally shut in. Things we used to be able to do are no longer safe or considered sanitary. Uh, things that were normal are no longer normal. And, and literally, many of us right now are gathered in our living rooms, in our homes, and for the most part, we're shut in. I, I also think that that's where a lot of us are, maybe not just literally, but some of us were shut in far before there was a pandemic on the rise or far before the circumstances evolved into what they are now. There's people watching this, you, you may feel shut in emotionally or spiritually. There's someone gathered with us today and you feel shut in to a marriage that, to be honest, you won't out of. Or maybe you're worshiping with us this morning and, you know, come Monday, you're going back to a job that you feel like you're shut into, that's going absolutely nowhere. Some of us are shut in to a situation or a season of our life that's it's depressing, it's oppressive. You know, opportunities are not developing, doors are not opening, and you just, you feel shut in. You feel shut into a situation that it's stuck, you feel trapped, um, and the worst, and what's worse than things being shut down is when you're limited, you're confined, and you feel shut in. And I think for a lot of people, this, this self-led quarantine, the, the mandates, you know, the, 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 the things that are being communicated to us worldwide, nationally, and statewide, I think a lot of us right now, that's just an external form of what's happening internally inside a lot of people. And when all of this goes back to normal, whether that's in two weeks or whether that's in two months, there are still people that will be feeling shut in because of where life is at. And that's just the way things look. And I believe right now more than ever, we need to address exactly what happened in Genesis 7 because I believe it speaks to where we're at as a nation, as a people, especially as a church and as believers. And in Genesis 7, Noah and his family were literally shut in. Now, here's what's funny. The next part of this story is where we begin to paint in our minds everything we saw in those Sunday school lessons and all these things we see in these uh, teachings and lessons that are presented to children. You know, we see 
this, this cute little picture of this little boat, and there's, there's a giraffe with his head sticking out, Noah standing on the bow of the boat with a smile on his face, and there's puffy white clouds in the sky and a cute little rainbow. And it was anything but that. It was anything but that. I mean, the reality was when, when this situation happened and that first raindrop fell out of that sky, all of humanity knew everything Noah had preached and everything that was communicated by the construct of that ark was now becoming a reality. Can you, can you see this? Can, can you imagine what kind of pandemonium, panic, and hysteria was happening in the lives of all the people as rain began to fall, as the floodwaters began to rise? Can, can you imagine what life was like for Noah and his family as they were on the inside of that ark and they were hearing everything on the outside, people banging on the door, screaming and begging to get in? And here they are, as now reality has set in. They are shut in to a situation, literally and spiritually, that is drastically different than the world they just stepped out of. They're living the epitome of inconvenience. I, I can't imagine that the Ark was a five-star establishment. And here they are as a family, shut in to this situation. And, and here's something to consider. We think we have a lot to worry about. Now, we think we have a disaster on our hands. Noah and his family went into this crisis literally having to take God at his word. They're literally, literally having to get on board with God's plan. So in a real sense, this is all about trust. That's right. This is all about trust. Noah is having to completely trust God with everything during this crisis. And you know what I believe? I believe it is God's grace that makes trusting God a little bit easier. Think about that for a second. God's grace is what makes trusting God easy, even in the middle of a crisis. See, the only reason Noah and his family were on the inside of the ark and not on the outside is what was mentioned in Genesis 6. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And it's the grace of God that preserved and protected them. I don't have time to go into this, but there's, there's a wonderful message about how the ark is literally a picture of God's grace. And the only reason I believe trusting God may have been a little bit easier for Noah was because he was a partaker of this grace. Because of grace, he was on the inside, not on the outside. It's the same for you and I. The only reason sometimes I'm able to trust God is because I know to what great lengths God has gone to, to preserve me, to protect me, to save me, to include me. My Bible tells me that you and I are adopted we're children. We're part of the family of God. We've been made partakers of a contract, a covenant. When Paul says in the New Testament that you and I are in Christ, we are preserved and protected, and literally we can put our trust in God, not only for the salvation of our souls, but we can also trust God for the safety of any situation we find ourselves in. And while hell and high water is happening in the world outside of our ark, We've got to trust in God that he's able to protect, that he's able to preserve. And worst case scenario can play out, I'm still going to be in Christ. 
you're still going to be a Christian because the faith you and I put in Jesus, it not only saves us, it preserves us. It keeps us. And I, I just think it was easier for them to trust God during this shut-in situation because it was only because of God's grace that they were even on the inside, not on the outside where the judgment and the waters were. And I think a season of being shut in, it is a great time for God to build your reliance on His plan and not on yours. You know, verse 17 says that the flood was upon the earth for 40 days and the waters increased. And look at verse 17. It says it bare up the ark. It says that the ark was lift, lifted up above the earth. I wrote this down. God told me to tell you this. Shut-in situations teach you to trust God when there are factors beyond your control. See, you have to trust God to keep you floating when everything else is flooding. It is, it is your faith that allows you to rise above the floodwaters that would usually drown you that would usually overwhelm you, that would usually discourage you. And, and I, I love that their trust was in a plan that God created to lift them up above the situation and the circumstances. Let's speak to that for a second. You know, while, while the world is unraveling in such a way that's unknown and it's uncertain, there's a group of people on this planet called the church, Christians, believers, who've got their faith anchored in the promises and the ability of God. And while the floodwaters of uncertainty and the floodwaters of fear, maybe even the floodwaters of a crisis that may not subside anytime soon, we're able to allow our faith and trust in God to help us rise above everything else that may drown the world, that may cover and smother and may completely uh, move everything else into a place of darkness. We're able to rise above that with a faith in God, knowing that he's able, that he's trustworthy, and that he's capable of delivering us from such situations. And you have to trust God because it's your faith that lifts you above circumstances. And sometimes you and I, we just have to blindly trust God with the uncontrollable. I don't trust God for things I can control because I can control those things. But sometimes, like now, I have to trust God with that that I can't control. I have to trust God with the uncontrollables. I have to trust God while I'm on the inside with the world on the outside. And that's something that I learn when I'm shut in. You trust God going in it. You trust God while you're in it. And you trust God for the moment, the day when you come out of it. And you and I have to believe there's always another side with God. I'm reminded of Jesus putting the disciples into the boat and before he ever pushed them off from that dock, he told them, I'll see you on the other side. And you and I have to remind ourselves right now while we're in the middle and we cannot see the shore we just came from, we have to remind ourselves, God made us a promise that he'd see us on the other side. I trust him when I'm going into it. I trust him when I'm in it. And I trust him for the other side when I come out of it. Because going through anything, anything in this world, will teach you how to trust God. See, trusting God sounds kind of easy at first. I believe the other thing about being shut in, though, and it becomes a little more difficult to manage, is that something like this, this will take a lot of time. 
It does. Time is the other component we need to consider with this story. I mean, look, after one week, the entire world is shut down. It's shutting in. And for a lot of people, it's unraveling. You can look at the memes and the videos that really capture the mindset and the well-being of most people in the world. Yeah, a lot of them are humorous. A lot of them are pretty crazy. But uh, people are slowly, one day at a time, losing their darn minds. And it's evident. It's evident on social media. And everybody wants to know. And and here's why. Here's why this is the way it is. Everybody wants to know, how long is this going to take? How, how, how long are we going to live like this? How long will it be like this? And look, we got to be real careful. We, we got to be real careful because we can very easily become insensitive about a, a situation that, that for some people is it's life-altering. For some people, it's tragic. And, and for us, at worst, it's really just an inconvenience. Remember, everybody in the house, hogging up the Wi-Fi, having to eat all the groceries. We can't go eat out like we would on the weekends or our favorite games or seasons are getting canceled or we're not able to gather on site. And I think the truth is a lot of people in the world right now, probably like Noah was, are thinking about time. You know, the Bible says in verse number 17 that the flood was upon the earth for 40 days. So that rain came for 40 days, and it lifted up that flood. And in verse 24, it says that the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Here's a little fun fact. So when this was written, this was written during the time of a Hebrew calendar that's actually based on the movement of the moon, which means it's a lunar calendar. Now, we have a solar calendar based on the movement of the sun. A lunar calendar is 29 and a half days in a month, roundabout. Which means the lunar calendar, the Hebrew calendar, was uh, just over 354 days in a year. And when you do all the math and you look at all the time that's identified in chapter 6, 7, and 8, and you look at even the calendar and the months that are recorded, here's the deal. Whether it's 364 days, 370 days, or 377 days total from when they went in to when they came out, Regardless, what we know is they were shut in for a very long time. You know what? Everybody right now with me, just say that word, time. That's it. Come on, say it out loud with me. Time. What is it about time that God enjoys using it like a teacher in a classroom to make us learn? Time is so valuable. Time is so spendable and it's so crucial. It's so valuable. Why? Because time is something that nobody can buy back and nobody can make more of it. You can't add more time to your own time. Time is so spendable. It moves at its own pace. Yet, sometimes it feels so fast. Have you ever noticed that time feels fast in the seasons where you wish it was slow and it feels so slow in the seasons where you wish it was fast? Time is so crucial. Time is the tool God uses to teach us how to trust. In time, I wrote this down, God told me to tell you this. In time, you learn to trust God over time. And over time, you learn to trust God all the time. 
you may not have a lot of things that you won't desire or prefer right now in this season of being shut in. But one thing everybody in the world is thinking about is time. And so I think like Noah learned firsthand when you're shut in and you have a lot of time on your hands, you begin to recognize the people that you spend time with, which tells me lastly that this is about being together. It's not just about trust. This, this whole thing of being shut in, it's not just about time. It's, it's also about being together. Oh, yeah, that's right. Noah, Noah wasn't on this boat ride by himself. This was a family cruise, right? And so my Bible tells me in verse 13, in the selfsame day enter Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and all the sons' wives with them into the ark. Can you imagine for a second the madness on board this ark as they were shut in? I mean, think about it. When the initial shock wears off, okay, this is actually happening. We're actually doing this. Let's consider the animals for a second. You're literally on a floating zoo. This is a, this is a carnival cruise turned circus. And uh, it's sleeping at night. You think tree frogs and whippoorwills are a problem. Can you imagine when the elephant decides to stay awake at night and sleep during the day? Can you imagine the pandemonium, the madness? Uh, I mean, it, there's nothing like trying to sleep next to a room full of apes. Have you ever thought about that? The smell on board the ark? Nobody's cracking a window here. It's raining outside. And, and, then, and then you got seasickness. This is not smooth sailing here. This is a storm. Most epic storm of all humanity. There's no seasickness pills. Hot days, long nights. On top of all of this madness, think about this. There's also other people on this ship. And not just any people. Family. That's right. They're all in it together. Now we all know there are things that we can tolerate in a lot of people that we can't stand about family. Now, I'm being very careful when I say that. i got family probably watching right now, gathering with us. And what, what I really want to say there is, at the same time, on the other hand, there's a love and there's a bond with family that you can't have with anybody else in this world. And I think a lot of us right now, we've gathered together online today with our family or maybe with our friends that we would even consider family. And I want you right now, I want you to take a look around. Go ahead, take a look around. In your living room, in your kitchen, wherever you're at right now as you're gathering with us, look around. All right, now that's your family. I mean, it's Sunday morning. For most of us watching this right now, gather, it's Sunday morning, and that's your family. And whether you realize it or not, you're in this together. This shut-in season in your life, you're in it together. Now, Sure, there's been times over the last week, maybe over this week, the next week, maybe months, where your, your togetherness, to say the least, is going to be put to the test, right? It's going to happen. But I want to rem remind you of something. It is conflict that strengthens the cords of our commitment, right? It's in the trenches where the soldiers bind together and where the soldiers protect each other, they fight for each other, they pray for each other. It's in conflict where our commitment is strengthened. And so maybe, just maybe, maybe God intends for this time in the world 
to minister to the most important ministry we actually have, family. Think about this. Now, 2020, more than ever in our society, our homes are missing the main ingredient of being together. You can all be under the same roof, but not be together. You can all share the same bank account, but not be together. You can all be covered by the same insurance and not be together. You can eat at the same table, under the same roof, in the same house, and your home still not be together. And you know what You know what Noah had learned in Genesis 7, Genesis 8? A shut-in will put you together. You know, we, we need this right now. Your home needs this right now. Your marriage needs this right now. Your kids need this right now. God, more than ever, we need your spirit to give us wisdom on how to utilize this time to bring us closer together, how to share this trust. We need your spirit, oh God, to help us as moms and dads, as grandparents, as parents, to get creative on how we maximize this downtime with our kids, to keep Sunday morning a ritual. And I'm, I'm using that word very carefully because a lot of times we tie a, a ritual to a religion. Well, if we practice gathering on site on Sunday mornings, and we're not able to do that right now, why not instill that in our children now more than ever? This is the time where we be the church, mom and dad. You know, this is the time where we maximize that, that, that downtime, that shut-in time with long walks and long talks with our kids. What an opportunity to be the greatest voice of influence that echoes biblical truth right now to our children. We need the Spirit of God to strengthen the cords of our marriage. Instead of this season of being shut in, a time when it would bring division and de demise, th this is where we need God to strengthen our hearts, our, our minds, and bind us together more solid and more solidified than ever before. You know, we, we may be in a season where we're feeling shut in, but I think God is trying to reveal the power of us being together. And so you may be gathering together with me right now online and you say, Pastor D, here's the deal. It's just me sitting here. Like, it's just me. I don't have any family, at least not under this roof. Like, you're preaching to me, but it's just me. And it feels like during this time of all times, God's forgotten me and God's overlooked me. And this can be a dangerous time to feel alone because a lot of people always already struggle with being isolated and feeling isolated. And now, now think about it. We're having to practice social distancing. And some of us are even having to, you know, live in place. We live in places where there's a mandatory quarantine. So if you're single, if you're divorced, you're unmarried, you're widowed, God told me to tell you that you don't have to feel alone. See, that's the beauty of his church. Paul says that we're a part of the body of Christ and we're members one of another. We, we have a connecting point called the Spirit of God that joins us together in Christ. We may not be able to pass each other <clears throat> in the lobby right now. We may not be able to worship in this auditorium. I may not be preaching to you actually in the room or we may not be able to pray over one another at an altar. But we have the connecting piece of God's Spirit that makes us one body, that allows us to be a community of believers. Right now, it provides hope, 
strength and encouragement one to another. So my, my challenge to you is this. Make the most of this time, this shut-in season. Make the most of it. Reach out to the people that are in your boat. Yeah, the people that are in your boat. Reach out to those people. Don't text them. Call them. Do something you wouldn't normally do. Write them a letter. Go, go out of your way to let somebody know how you feel about them, how you care about them. Leverage this time and strengthen those ties that bind you, especially within the church, so that when we are able to come together, we've got a stronger relationship in together than we did prior to all of this shut in and shut down. You know, to some degree, whether literally or spiritually, there's people right now that are feeling shut in. And it may not feel like it, but I believe, like Noah, this season is a time where we learn how to trust God in a whole new way. Where we went into this trusting God, our trust is strengthened and we come out trusting God even greater. I think this is a season where we see time for what it is and we learn how to utilize and maximize that time. And more than anything, I think this time of being shut in is a time where God's trying to bring us all together. I think if we want to see a revival in the church, I think it starts with a revolution in our home. And so it's my prayer to all of us here today that we would allow God to make this season of being shut in a time where we encourage ourselves by strengthening our trust, where we begin to look at time for what it is, and we make the most of it, and we allow God more than anything to bring us together. For those of you today who, to be honest with yourself, everything happening in this world scares you. It shakes you to the core of who you are. There's a lot of things you haven't thought about or ever considered that now you're thinking about and you're considering those things now. Am I scared? Am I worried for my kids? Am I worried for my family? Am I worried for our church? Am I worried for the world? No. I've had moments and times where I thought about a few things and I played a few what-if scenarios in my head, but I'm not worried because I've got my trust anchored in Christ. And I know if He can save my soul from my own sin, I know I can trust Him with any situation or any storm I find myself in. So if you're gathering with us and you need that assurance and you need that faith, you can take your faith and we all put our faith in something before we leave this planet. You can put your faith in Christ for salvation, the saving of your soul, the forgiveness of your sin, coming into your life, giving you His Spirit to make you a new creature, a new person, a new individual, completely reroute all of your eternity, change your life, and allow you to live these very things that we're preaching and talking about. That's my prayer for you today. Spirit of God, I thank you so much for meeting with us, for speaking to us through your Word. Thank you, Lord, for all of those that were able to make this a priority. And God, they're putting focus on you and they're being intentional about it. And God, right now, while many of us are in a, in a place where we feel shut in or literally we're living that out and we're shut in, we, we ask you, Spirit of God, that you would strengthen our trust in you for what's happening in the world outside. God, that you would help us to see time for what it is. It's so valuable, it's so spendable, and it's so crucial that we'd make the most of this time. 
I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would bring us closer together, especially now in this season of being shut in together. Lord, strengthen all those cords that bind us around you in the centerpiece of Christ. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.